Talk about the book. Talk about. It's got to be like that. It's got to be, you know, it's, you got to yell at me like, "Hey, stupid! Talk about the book." You know, that kind of thing. Because you know, Diane, I think the the membranes, the the, the layers of fat and 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 waste deposits uh, in my brain are getting thicker. So it takes more to kind of break through. It's uh, in lieu of a baseball bat, I think a a, a, a firm voice, a commanding voice, <laughs> is really what I need at certain times. Diane. And you're just the person to do it because oh, am I? I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. You've got that harsh edge to you that <laughs> <laughs> comes out. Yeah, I am an angry. Yeah, the authoritarian mm-hmm. figure in life. Right. You're always. <clears throat> there's always that time when Diane lays down the law. <laughs> and, the whole world is kind of like, okay, okay, whatever you say. <laughs> they'll say that or they'll say, it's 7.39 a.m. Saturday, May the 8th, 2021. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane. Do you know, May 8th is a very important day in my family. Really? Because uh, besides the traditional meaning, what is the tra- traditional meaning? It's International Outdoor Intercourse Day. Hooray, hooray for the eighth of May, International Outdoor Intercourse Day. I had no idea that oh, that was. Come on, I Diane. didn't. Where have you been? <laughs> Under a rock. Okay. <laughs> it's my brother's birthday. My Yay, brother Gary. Gary. Well, I knew that too. I'm Interesting not gonna, that I, he was born on, you know, International Outdoor Intercourse Day. Because, you know, what I'm saying is that intercourse takes place in many levels. It could be a, a, a uh, conversive Well, that, that's true. Yes. The, could, the word is not strictly, you know, about yeah. fornication under the consent of the king. Are we supposed to be talking about these things? You know, we've got... Have we got, is this a PG type yeah, show? Yeah, it's a really? PG type show. Come on, PG. Yeah. We're just talking about intercourse. <laughs> anyway. That's like grade school language these days. What? Go ahead. Anyway. I don't really like the birthday song. And I, I keep thinking oh. about the song that Sandy Bradley and the Small Wonders used to sing. Oh, jeez. And they, they just, so I'm just going to sing it. I'm okay. not expecting I, you to. I have no memory thereof, although I used to listen to that show. Happy birthday, we wish you many more Health and wealth and friends by the score So cut the cake and let's eat some more Happy birthday to you, Gary Shulstad. Yeah, I like that. It's just a lot more, you know, <clears throat> upbeat. I don't know. Upbeat something about and also the... just not the... Because, I mean, there's something dirge-like <laughs> about the traditional... That's what I was going to say. <laughs> It's yeah. a little jazzier. I, I, right. I, think I, like that, that. I think we need to learn that and yeah. just always well, sing it. I'm up for it. I just want to say that <clears throat> if anybody out there likes me. You, Bill Davey? No, me, Diane Schulstead. You have my brother to thank for much of my life. So he was an inspiration to me, a constant companion when I was young got me to think about the deep questions, introduced many, many uh, philosophies and authors into my life. Not to mention music. 
not to mention music. And I have to say, I, I can't even imagine who I'd be without Gary Shulstad having been my brother mm-hmm. in life. So. so we celebrate Gary Shulstad today. We raise our cups to Gary Shulstad. I had a fantastic... We have been having the most wonderful conversations. Yeah. Um, we started calling each other every Friday. and Or um, I call him uh, very early in the morning. And, and it's just been pure joy. I don't know. There's something about the... The isolation that has really caused us to have more regular contact with the people we love, yeah. which has been uh, kind of an amazing part of this time. Right. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a good thing. I hope it's something that will continue if, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I'm hoping it's something that will continue. End of thought. I, yeah. yeah, end of thought. End of thought, yes. See, you know, it has been a hectic week here in Lake Amphetamine, Diane, whether we choose to accept that fact or not. Um, Don't you think? Yes. Pardon me, I'm going to have another drink of coffee. And? (laughs) Ew, boy. So? It's good coffee. (laughs) Bill, bring up (laughs) book. Talk about the book. Talk about the book, Bill. Talk about the book, Bill. And maybe your radio show. I'm not going to talk about the... I don't mean talk about the book here. I meant on the Treehouse show. Oh, I thought you meant here. No. <laughs> yeah, I did get... Uh, I am... I've been interviewed uh, for uh, Radio Tacoma. If you go to... I think it's... Look it up. Is it radiotacoma.org? I think that's it. Um, it's a little low-powered a, uh, FM station, KTAH in Tacoma. Not a very big uh, uh, broadcast area, but they do have an online uh, presence with an archive of a program called Sound Poetry, where I uh, I was approached by Steve Nebel, who's a friend from Victory Music, and he's one of the four. I think he actually created the show. Uh, there's a fellow named David Gilmore who's the host of the show. Yeah, it's just RadioTacoma.org, and. Um, they contacted me and we set it up and I did a little Zoom interview and read some of my poetry and stuff and it was very nice and uh, and they contacted me again and they wanted to do a follow up because they had it's a half an hour half hour show and we recorded about 53 minutes so there's some poems that didn't get included in the first show so they decided let's make another episode so that we're going to get together again and record another little bit so that we'll have enough for the second episode so that's kind of nice because, you know, I've never been interviewed or done any kind of much public presentation of my poetry until the treehouse happened. I had done it a few times, like at my gigs, but it always felt very out of context and kind of weird, you know. But I don't think it's going to feel weird anymore. I picture going back to playing at places like the CNP and the Cooth Buzzard and having a poetry break. I mean, people can still get up and get their coffee and do whatever, but maybe they'll be a little quieter because there'll be poetry happening. What do you think of that idea? I love it. Okay. I love the poetry breaks. Because it's been so, uh, it's been nice. And, you know, people have written to me and said, you know, sometimes the poetry break 
it was boring and I, you know, I'm not really into it, but this week, boy, the poems were just great, you know, I just loved it, you know. Like my friend Rochelle, she ordered the, the Ron Kirchie books, both of them, and has read them and loved them. And so. I think that it just depends on who speaks to you. You yeah. represent a lot of poets. Right. And not, a, not all the poets resonate with me yeah, either. That's, so. that's, the, that's the thing is that there are as many different poetic voices as there are tastes in, you know, or receptivity. I mean, it's just you guys just have to find the, the voice that speaks into your head and your heart. So that's been a fun thing in my life and uh, here's hoping that it continues uh, had great conversation with uh, the big guy Alan Hicks this week I had a great conversation with Tim which is an ongoing thing and I don't know life is good and we got our second vaccination yesterday so we should be feeling something but we're not uh, just a little stiffness in the upper arm there yeah but I don't even feel that unless I'm yeah I have to raising move my arm to, or something like yeah, that isn't sore i could sleep on it and stuff yeah. it just yeah, it's not sore to the touch so uh, there's all of that i had a very active work uh well you did life this week and especially i i gave a presentation um about a particular uh let's just say a particular work task that baffles a lot of people and i i had decided to do it with another person um, that I have worked with on this particular task for many years. And, and it was so funny because I, even though I, we had to actually set up this presentation a couple of years ago, uh, for administrators, but, uh, ended up that the people wanted a little bit more of the nutsy boltsy stuff for, for people who were in roles like mine. And yeah. I, I said, Hey, we can do that. And, and you know what? It, it was so funny because the reason why I even bring it up, I usually wouldn't because it's just a work thing, you know, but it's so amazing to be at a time of your life that you can just speak off the cuff about, I did not have to do other than just kind of organizing, okay, I'm going to say this, 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 right. and this. The things that needed and, to be said. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, I did not, I did not get nervous. I did not, uh, freak out in front of the the and i got many comments from people who were saying that was just amazing and i think it was because you had two people who knew what they were talking about who weren't having to read through some notes mm -hmm. that you were just talking like talking chatting with somebody so because these the are things for the two of you, it's like it's like so ingrained in you yeah, that it's like we don't, you don't need to refer to notes or anything right. like that you've got it all in your heads and there were 59 people at that presentation um through zoom and i was just thinking wow i did yeah. not expect that many people to come it was a very uh kind of thrown out to the school of medicine where i work as a potential so i think that anybody who had the possibility of working with this must have been there i i was did you, did you record it are you recording? No, those? we oh. aren't recording it. <laughs> Maybe we should in yeah, the future. They could be posted somewhere to be yeah. for people to. Anyway, it's a it's a four part series every Thursday in May, and so, but it brought to my mind the, you know, I've been working. Everybody can tell from the Bill and Diane show that I've been working with, aging issues. You know the the whole concept of, 
where you are in the in the process of your lifespan. As and it relates to retirement. As it, that's kind of the, the impetus, right? That was the impetus. But I've been fascinated <laughs> by this for, yeah. actually, since I was in my 20s. I, I, uh, I was a psychology major. Uh, I actually double majored in psychology and English literature. And um, my favorite course in psychology was the developmental psychology. And I think I've just always been fascinated by life stages and how people develop and what concerns them at different times. But I have been really fascinated ever since I saw a Joseph Campbell clip where he was talking about it, the clip was actually called Myth as a Mirror. And he was he was actually explaining a Carl Jung concept, which was seeing a life as the as a day, sun up to sundown. Mm-hmm. And what the the purposes are for each part of the life. And I was so fascinated by that that I actually drew a diagram out in a circle and we had talked about this in 2014 when I was drawing this circle and I was saying the thing that's so fascinating is this part of the life you're standing up and this is you're falling down and this part you're being mentored and this part you're mentoring and it's for me it's just such a I don't know why it excites me so much well I would imagine a thing like that Diane would become more exciting the more information you gather about it. And so when you were in your 20s and thinking about it, you had a certain set of thoughts and were fascinated by it, but a lot of it was still in the future for you. Now that you're in your 60s, you know, you've you've experienced more of that uh, and you've gathered all this information along the way, so it's got more resonance and and it, you know, kind of, it pops more. Uh, The result of all this is... I've been doing some work with my life coach uh, that I keep taking another step of my own devising. And I thought, you know, I've been listening to that Joseph Campbell clip for a long time, but I've never read the actual passage from Carl Jung about the stages of life. So I actually read it and it was fascinating. I I just loved it. And then I got so excited by it. I thought, I want somebody to talk to about this. <laughs> uh, I want I want it to be almost like a class that we set up. I, I want to, not somebody who knows me like you or somebody who's, uh, I want it to be really uh, intimate sharing of all these things. And because um, I've talked about this with my brother for all my life, and I've talked about it with you since we've been together. Right. I wanted a a person I didn't know quite as well who was not in my inner circle, and my intuition led me to the perfect person, <laughs> Kathy, who not only was absolutely just like, yes, I want to do this, bang, but she sent me this assignment, which was fascinating uh, well she didn't really set it to me she said I did this thing I wrote a, a haiku about each seven years of my la- life and she sent me uh, this haiku that she had done from ages 1 to 63 Just so like, it's a set of haikus it's a set of haikus like one 
1 to 7, 7 to 14, 14, you know, it just keeps on going on. And it was so fascinating. And then I did that. And that was juice uh, to me. And, uh, And so I wrote her back and said, this is fascinating, Kathy. It, it seems like you, at because she's slightly older than I am, sounds like you at my age were also exploring these things. And she said, not only that, but, and she sent me a poster of a presentation that she and another person had done about creating life stories you know, doing sort of a biographical thing mm-hmm. with different uh, so this exercises. Is like, a, like a seminar that they had done? Or yeah, something just like, a yeah. one-day thing. And mm-hmm. and I loved it because it was saying, it was called Life Stories, and it was unfolding your life's journey with other curious travelers. I just loved that idea of a curious traveler. And I thought, wow, did I did I pick the right person or did I pick the right person? And it was totally intuitive. See, people, there she goes again with the whole, you know, she does, she asks the right question at the right time with the right person, gets the answers that she's after, and her life blows up. It's just, it's fun to watch. Anyway, so I have been deep in reading various information. I just have absolutely been enchanted by what I've been learning. Because this is a time of your life that is so rich if you yeah. choose to see it that way. Yeah. You've got this whole life story to look at the resonances through each stage and um, and understand a little bit more about yourself than you did back then. And you see the recurring patterns, the things that you chose to do differently than you had originally thought. I just think this is... A rich period of life. I do not see it as the diminishing as much as, as I was telling you, we've, we've been using the word deconstructing a lot about, yeah. we were talking about last week. But the thing that's interesting about it is it, it occurred to me that it's almost like as, as we go through our lives, we have to downsize our possessions. We have to start stripping things away. I mean, if you are, if you're, paying attention to what's going to be happening you you feel like i need to start stripping things away but it occurred to me that we also have to deconstruct some of the ideas that are no longer of use to us but the thing is the way i picture it you know you've built your life right and let's think of it as a structure that's housed inside this this bowl a big bowl and the bowl is your soul and you've got this the structure of your life and your achievements and your possessions and your and your interactions and all the things that you are and you start to deconstruct that stuff and the pieces kind of fall down but the bowl fills up yeah so you take it apart and it becomes like a liquid instead of a hard substance but it's filling up the bowl of your soul because as you're deconstructing something's getting bigger while something else is getting smaller yeah and i think you know i've always thought of you know the passage from into age is like the conversion of matter into spirit. Wow, yeah. And slowly but surely we are becoming more spirit as the body kind of shrinks, the spirit grows until the spirit can't be contained in the body anymore and it flies away. 
or does whatever it does. So, you know, for a, as a, the metaphor for me is as we are deconstructing these things, something in our life is getting larger. It's getting richer. It's getting, it's filling up and you have to take, you have to do the deconstruction in order to get that expansion in your soul bits. Wow. I love that concept. Your soul bowl. I'm, it's I'm, the soul bowl. I'm going to take that yeah. one and stick it in my head. Because it is. I mean, you are, you're deconstructing things, but you're, the totality of who you are, it keeps expanding. Yeah. Know? So it's an interesting process. Well, I just find this so fun. And I am so excited about this journey I'm going to go on with Kathy and... In the yeah. same time, what what we might assign each other, and I think that that was what I was after. Instead of just having the deep conversations alone, I think that when you're talking about it with somebody who's not that close to you, yeah. but that you really like each other and you have sensed something about each other, that they that we can assign each other. Th- tasks you're sparking off of each yeah. other all the time and so there's especially because she seems like she's got a whole lot of tasks to to assign so that's cool that's i am cool. so excited about this process so that was going on this week and um i wanted to talk about the music today yes because this is a, a celebration of gary's birthday and gary brought me so many musical artists that I love. Jim Jim Page being Jim Page being, being a huge. Gary took you to your first Jim Page concert. He did. And this was this in California. No, he saw he Jim, saw Jim in California. In California, right. he, my brother lived in San Jose for a little while, and that's where he saw Jim, and then Gary came back up here, and then Jim moved up here, and Gary said, "Oh my gosh." You know, this guy that I saw down in California, you've got to go see him. And so we went together, and, and that was... <laughs> was that the other side of the tracks? That was the other side of the tracks. Oh, yeah. And that was the... the uh... No, it wasn't that particular concert, but I went to several Jim Page concerts with Gary. But one of the, the Jim Page concerts, when he's saying, you ain't seen nothing yet, that was sort of the... Light switch on, you yeah. know. Yeah. It's a great song. But another person, I, you know, I could go on and on about many people that uh, <laughs> that my brother has brought into my my uh, circle in my consciousness. But one of my favorites is Richard Thompson. Yeah. And Gary and I were actually able to see Richard Thompson several times uh i think we saw him a couple of times at the backstage i think he played there a couple of times yeah at least he used to come through town at least once every couple of years and i will never forget this one concert we went to the very first one because uh to get a seat in the backstage that to have any sort of a reserved seat you had to go to the Varsago restaurant right, upstairs at, at that dinner. that had served Scandinavian food, which Gary and I grew up on, so we were totally okay with that. Right. And I still remember that whole evening like it was yesterday. I just our conversations and how excited we were. We were in the front row. The I was even asking him, um, 
maybe yesterday, maybe the previous conversation, it seemed to me that it was uh, not even a full house. That was my memory of it. Was that yours? And he said, yeah, it was not a full house. And it was the, it was, it, the concert blew me away, blew me away. I was just totally in rapture. I was already familiar with some of his songs through Gary introducing. Um, He had shoot out the lights and um, what's that? I want to see the bright lights tonight. Is that the name of it? So I had heard some of the music and absolutely loved it. And, um, and I, correspondingly, I was being introduced to a lot of his songs through Cindy uh, Gackstatter's folk rock tape. So I was very excited to see Richard Thompson. And that has remained true throughout my life. He has been, if I see that he's nearby, I try to go to that concert because he does a great show. He he is so wonderful. So prolific, but so powerful in his presentations. And I have always been a big Richard Thompson fan. And he's funny. He's funny and humble, I want to say. So Gary told me in our conversation that he had gotten um, a biography, an autobiography by by Richard Thompson called Beeswing, that he was reading this. And he just read me the first few paragraphs of the book, and I said, oh my gosh, I've got to get that. It's sitting on the coffee table in front of us. Right. It's a beautiful cover. It is a beautiful cover. Um, But it only covers the first part. It only goes to 1975. Well, he's probably going to do think? more, I would think. You think? Yeah. yeah. But I just love the way he started it off. And uh, in fact, may I read it a little bit? You may read a little bit, Diane. Please do. Because I just, when Gary read it to me, I thought, oh my gosh, this is just such an amazing way to start an autobiography. The chapter is called To Jump Like Alice. And he has a quote by John Cage. I have nothing to say. I am saying it. And that is poetry as I need it. As what? As I need it. As I need it. I have nothing to say. I am saying it. And that is poetry as I need it. Got it. There is dust and then there is dust. It's thickest here in my memory. This remotest room of my mind has been shut up for years. The windows shuttered the furniture covered with dust sheets. Light hasn't penetrated into some of these corners for years, and in some cases it never has. If something is uncomfortable, I shove it in here and I forget about it. When was the last time I dared to look? I don't want to remember, and now it is time to think back. The arrow is arcing through the air and speeding towards its appointed target. Then there is the dust of London, When my story begins in the 1960s, the fog is lifting a little. The choking smogs of my childhood with visibility down to a yard have been curtailed for the sake of public health by the Clean Air Act of 1956. The dust, dirt, and grime of a million coal fires, hundreds of steam trains, and massive power stations is receding as they are slowly replaced by cleaner fuel. But I miss it. I miss the sulfurous fog that linked you to the London of Sherlock Holmes and Dickens that inspired visiting French Impressionists to paint the city's blurred sunrises and sunsets 
and that made everything soft and mysterious. It was part of London and part of being a Londoner. I suppose even poison is something you can grow fond of. Nice. That's how much he read to me, and I said, okay, I'm buying that book. Yeah. And yeah. I was telling him that it reminded me of your song, um, How It Must Begin. It's sort of like that there's a room in your mind that you're, you're discovering, and you need to let the light in, and you need to look at the pictures on the walls and all yeah. that. But um, I'm really... I could have chosen many different people to be representative of celebration of his birthday, but Richard Thompson is so perfect for so many reasons. And one of the reasons is that you can choose a variety of songs and just instantly be in the Richard Thompson, I just want to listen to all of his stuff again, you know. But the song that Gary loved so much and was really focused on for many many years he would talk to me about how the lyrics would change for him over time and how he interpreted it differently because it's ambiguous enough that you can take it in different ways is the most gorgeous song beeswing which this book is uh take its title from takes it takes its title from and and the other thing that uh, that I love about Richard Thompson is he's a, he tells a story a lot of times. It'll be a ballad that is telling a story, but it can represent so much about what you are dealing with in your own life. And when we are talking about this deconstruction and some of the things that we are trying to face as an older person, the two songs that I thought were most appropriate although I'm sure there are a lot of other songs I could have chosen. Mm -hmm. But the other one that instantly came into my mind is, how could I ever be simple again? Because in a way, when you're talking about that bowl of the soul, what our our process is as an older person is, how do I become simple again? You've become complex, now you're trying to be simple. And the longing of the story is so powerful to me the because it's the way that the narrator is presenting it is a powerful gut punch i feel in the in the way that he wrote that song mm-hmm. and i love that richard thompson used other narrators to to say something without really pounding it you know saying this is what i am trying to say with this piece so that you can interpret it the way that you would like to interpret it so those are the two songs happy birthday my dear brother I was 19 when I came to town They called it the summer of love They were burning babies, burning flags The hawks against the doves I took a job in the steaming Down on Cardrum Street And I fell in love with a laundry girl Who was working next to me Well, she was a rare thing 
fine as a bee's wing So fine a breath of wind might blow her away She was a lost child Well, she was running wild She said, as long as there's no price on love, I'll stay And you wouldn't want me any other way Brown as zigzag around her face A look of half surprise Like a fox caught in the headlights There was animal in her eyes She said, young man, oh, can't you see I'm not the factory kind If you don't take me out of here I'll sure lose my mind well, She was a rare thing Fine as a bee's wing So fine that I might crush her when she lay She was a lost child She was a running wild She said as long as there's no price on love I'll stay want me any other way Now, hard weather and hard booze, but 
Maybe that's just the price you pay for the chance you refuse. Wish she was a rare thing. Fine as a bee's wing. But I miss her more than ever words could say. If I could just taste all of her wildness now. If I could hold her in my arms today. Wonder any other way. Oh, she danced in the street. With the guns all around her, bolt on like a ragdoll, barefoot in the rain. And she sang like a child to her dad, to her daddy. Oh, how will I ever be simple again? Sitting by the banks of the dirty grey river And tried for a fish with a worm on a pin There was nothing but fever and ghosts in the water Oh, how will I ever be simple again? War was my love and my friend and companion And what did I care for the pretty and plain But her smile was so clean And my heart was so troubled Oh, how will I ever be simple again? Will I ever be simple 
Oh, 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 Oh,